Welcome to the Pets Who Thrive podcast, where we cover all areas of natural animal health and challenge what we've been conditioned to think regarding how to raise and keep a healthy pet. My name is Tammy. I'm an entrepreneur and a certified animal naturopath with a passion for animals and empowering other pet owners with tools for creating the healthiest version of your amazing pets. Let's dive in. Hello, I am so glad you're joining me today. I have Dr. Todd Cooney back, and we are so excited because today we're going to have a lot of fun talking about anal glands. So, hi, Dr. Cooney. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi. Thanks, Tammy. Good to be here. Yeah. So, okay. So, anal glands. I know that's not the most sexy, beautiful part about being a veterinarian. However, it is a topic that comes up all the time, it seems like, it's from, you know, them being, um, you know, needing to be expressed to they stink or they're scooting. You know, there's all sorts of things. So yeah. before we kind of get into the nitty gritty, I thought maybe you could talk a little bit about what anal glands are and maybe what their purpose is. Okay, glad to do that. You're right. It's it's. um not to be gross, but it's kind of a bread and butter sort of issue for most vet clinics um, with anal glands. But uh, it's a dog problem mostly. Some cats can have anal gland problem, but it's usually dogs that are having this trouble. And uh, these are really, um, you'll hear them called anal sacs too, anal glands, anal sacs. They're really the same thing. And there's two large ones at about five and seven o'clock just under the skin below the anus. And most people who have dogs and have dealt with this know know where they are and they know what we're talking about. But some people have never experienced this, um, luckily, with their dogs, so they don't really know mm-hmm. much about this. Um, they're, they're the same structure as the skunk's sink gland. So when the skunk sprays that nasty, foul spray that you can smell for miles, it's an anal sac that they've let go. And when a dog lets one go in a room, it's almost the same smell, but not quite as bad. Yes, yes, it's bad, though, yes. <laughs> um, but uh, nobody knows um, exactly what they're for, uh, but they they normally will empty during the beat, during a bowel movement. So when a dog's passing stool, normally these glands will empty. The The muscles around the anus will, will compress and cause that gland to empty. And they're probably used to mark territory. So the dog can kind of leave his calling card mm-hmm. with his stool, which is why dogs, one of the reasons dogs are so intent on sniffing stool that they find on the ground. Mm-hmm. They're probably wondering if they know this other dog. You know, do I know this dog? Right. This smells familiar. And um, they'll also express them when they get really scared. It's mostly because they will pinch those muscles around their rear end, like pinching the penny, you know, or puckering when you're, when you're nervous. And dogs do the same thing. Yes. And they'll they'll release anal glands sometimes then too, um, so uh, it's it's an unmistakable smell. If you smell it, you know exactly what I mean. And, Most definitely, um, I had a dog that every time I took her to the vet, it never failed, and I got to where I would tell them she's going to express her anal glands. It's just going to happen, and one hundred percent of the time it did, and she we stunk the whole way home. Oh man, yep. We have a special area of the clinic where we take dogs to express their anal gland because we don't want to do it in the exam room because it will smell the rest of the day. Oh, know? sure. Yeah. 
when people ask, you know, well, why are you taking my dog out of the room? Well, because we don't want to sneak up this room, <laughs> you know, is it, it's, it's not because we're being sneaky or anything, you know, right. we'd be glad to let you watch if you'd like to watch. Yeah. But, but, um, um, so anal glands though, they're, they're kind of unique as far as glands go because they're, they're a dual purpose thing and they, they both excrete and they secrete. So they, um, you know, the excretory part of the gland is for um, removing toxins and removing waste from the body and things like that. So they, they help the body detox in a way. You know, they help get rid of things that are harmful. And the secretory part is uh, secreting like hormones and pheromones and things like that. The, the unique scent of that dog. So like the fingerprint mm -hmm. odor of that dog comes out and can be recognized by them or by other dogs. So it's serving this dual purpose. And, um, <clears throat> it's, um, they are important structures. I used to remove them all the time because, you know, if I had to express a dog's gland more than about three times, I would just throw in the towel and say, we need to take these out because they're causing problems. And, you know, usually the clients would go along with it and say, okay, and we do the surgery and then, but it can lead to more problems because when you do that, you're, um, same with any surgery where, where you're removing an organ or you're removing the body part, you're kind of suppressing the body. You know, you're, sure. you're, you're making the body less complete because I mean, the body in its wisdom, it developed those glands for a reason and they're there for a reason and we may not understand it, but the body understands it. And so removing those, some people have compared it to removing tonsils, you know, which they mm. used to do a lot with kids. And now they don't do it so much anymore because they realize that the tonsils are, are important and they should be left in there if possible. So I, I think anal sacs are the same way. It's It has an important purpose for the body, even if we don't totally understand it. And dogs do tend to do better, you know, most of the time if they can be left in there and, and you know, treating treating to try to preserve them is probably a good idea. So mm -hmm. removal should probably be a last resort. So, so um, what are some the of the, the most common issues <clears throat> that you find when people, you know, um, are concerned about a potential issue with the anal glands? Yeah. Well, mostly what gets people's attention is the dog, you know, starts scooting their, their bottom on the ground or they're licking it a lot or biting at it. They're just they're just fussing over their rear end quite a bit, mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of times um, the gland is impacted. You know, it's it's getting full and it's not emptying on its own. So, in an effort to help that process, the dog has learned that if they scoot on the ground, they can get it to open up sometimes just from the mm -hmm. pressure. You know, just like we use finger pressure to massage that area and try to get the gland to empty that way. Because it's a it's a little when it in a in a medium sized dog the anal sac when it's pretty full is about the size of a grape, mm -hmm. you know, it can get about the size of a medium or a large grape, and it's emptying through an opening smaller than a pencil lab. So it's a pretty small opening. Yeah. And if that gets if that gets inflamed or uh, swollen, it'll it'll clog up a lot of times and make it hard for that to empty. Mm -hmm. So so impaction, that's when it, it fails to empty on its own very well. 
And this can lead to uh, the next step, which is an abscess, where the material in the gland just starts to get bad and turns into an infection. And, and abscesses are a little more serious because then they, they will oftentimes rupture and just pop out through the skin. So since it can't come out through the opening the normal way, it, it just makes its own opening out through the skin. And then you're usually left with a dog that all of a sudden has a bloody hole back there. Mm. And they're draining uh, pus and blood and all kinds of um, ugly stuff. Sure. Usually at that point, the dog feels better because by the time it does that, they usually have relief. But leading sure. up to that point, they're they're pretty miserable. Most dogs will really act like it's bothering them when it's getting ready to abscess. Mm-hmm. So, so those are – now, the third thing that can go wrong are, are tumors, which are pretty rare. And we, we talked about that a little bit earlier, but um, – Tumors, tumors are just, you know, disorganized growth of that tissue that can happen sometimes for who knows what reason, you know, same reason as other cancers, but something triggers some disorganized growth of the tissue and then you can end up with, with tumors, usually tumors of the glandular tissue that's in the wall of that anal sac. Hmm. And if so there is a tumor, is that is it automatically considered to be cancer, or is there a chance it's? I mean, I guess if a tumor um, would be cancer, but I guess what I mean is, is there a chance that it is um, could be benign? Yeah, they can be benign or malignant, just just like most tumors, they they can be benign or malignant. Um, the malignant ones are are less common, I would say. And especially a kind of malignant tumor that will spread to other parts of the body. Some malignant tumors just just regrow in the same area, like mast cell tumors or that type of tumor. Mm. They they tend to just regrow in the same area. Um, but you know, anal gland tumors, I would say most of them are benign. So they once they're gone, they're gone. And yeah. so what? typically would happen in that case is would they just remove the anal glands or um a lot of times a lot of times they would just do surgery remove the move the anal glands probably probably both of them if they're going to remove one side they would probably remove both sides Mm -hmm. at the same time to prevent trouble on the other side and then you know from a homeopathic point like i said then you're left with dealing with the repercussions of that which Mm -hmm. would be you know, maybe other symptoms, especially skin symptoms, because you've you've removed that one way that the body's trying to vent things, sure. trying to detox. So the body will detox through other routes like mm-hmm. the skin or the ears even more. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some so, of the things that when you're, you know, working with a client that their dog has, you know, clearly has anal gland issues, what are some of the things that you find that may help them, you know, maybe if they're, you know, maybe a mild case that you consider mild? Um, yeah, mild case, like um, a first-time offender, we would call it. Sure. You know, a dog that's never had trouble and all of a sudden they have trouble. Um, well, first of all, we probably would just take a, take a step back and kind of look at the whole picture, you know, look at the big picture for that dog and look at, you know, look at like its lifestyle, its living situation, what's happening. Has anything changed lately? Um, some dogs, it seemed like during COVID, we started to see more dogs with anal gland trouble. 
because a lot of dogs were um, staying inside more they, mm. because the owners were staying in. And so the dogs were staying in a lot more and not getting as much exercise and right. not as, so that can be a factor um, stress, stressful situation like dogs that kind of live in a crowded environment with a lot of different animals and maybe you maybe you bring new animals in and it increases their stress that can add mm-hmm. to it a little bit so emotional factors i would call that like an emotional factor mm-hmm. but um also um digestive issues like dogs that tend to be constipated or tend to not um have real regular stools um this can happen a lot with indoor dogs that you know, maybe the maybe the people work a lot or they're gone a lot. The dog stays inside mm-hmm. while they're gone. And he's very well house trained. And so he won't go inside oh. and he tends to hold it. Sure. And sometimes they'll end up, because without the regular uh, bowel movement, the glands won't really have a chance to express themselves very well. Mm-hmm. So in those cases, or dogs suffering from constipation for some other reason, like irritable bowel or something, they'll tend to have more, you know, gland issues. Mm-hmm. And um, the the last thing I think would be, you know, you could just call it like a, a toxicity issue or a poor diet, a dog that's dog that has a bad diet, mm-hmm. just a bad lifestyle, you know, lack of exercise. Uh, maybe they're exposed to a lot of drugs and chemicals through flea and heartworm treatments and sure. other other kinds of things. A lot of these dogs um usually we'll have skin and ear trouble as well and so allergies you know this allergies would kind of fall into this category because dogs that are real allergic they they tend to get pretty toxic with their allergies they just have a lot of buildup you know waste products in their body and their body's trying to get rid of all this stuff through the skin through the ears yeah through the anal glands makes sense and so yeah. yeah so a lot of dogs that have really bad chronic skin problems they'll end up having you know gland problems mm-hmm. with that too yep. so the first time offender would you so obviously you'd probably if they're um you'd want to talk to them about you know their diet their lifestyle and all of that and then mm-hmm. in that situation um would you recommend a homeopathic remedy or maybe a compress or you know what what would what would be the next um thing that you would say would do um, I mean, if they're just having impaction problems, usually we'll recommend trying to put more fiber in the diet. Mm-hmm. And a simple thing that a lot of people will try with dogs is just add some like canned pumpkin or some psyllium, you know, mm-hmm. some source of psyllium husk or mm-hmm. something like that. And there's actually a lot of dog supplements nowadays that are made just for this, you know, to help mm-hmm. dogs with hand gland issues. And they come in the form of chewable treats or powders or things that you can add to the food. And, um, so, so trying that, um, it, you gotta be careful with, with anal glands and some dogs that we see that have anal gland trouble, they have a history of like having their anal glands expressed regularly, like at the groomers and the groomer will like do it every three or four weeks. Right. And sometimes that can cause trauma to that area. And I think it can make things worse. Hmm. And so it's, it's kind of a red flag if your dog is needing to have anal glands done a lot like i would say if they're having to do it more than a couple times a year you know there's probably a red flag there and they may need more fiber in the diet or may need some some allergy treatment or something like that 
But. Yeah, and you know that's very common. A lot of people, oh, yeah. yeah, will take their dog, you know, to the groomer, and you know, every six weeks, and that's part of just what they have yeah. done. So oh, yeah. for that yeah. for that dog that's already in the habit of having that done, um, how do you kind of back that whole thing back up? Is that when you just um, add some of the well, fiber? We'll, yeah, we we'll usually right. We'll, we'll usually talk to them about you know some diet changes, maybe some increasing the exercise you know just if it's a kind of a a sedentary lazy dog just just getting the dog up and walking a couple times a day you know walk for 15 or 20 minutes even if it's just an easy walk around the yard mm-hmm. you know just just kind of incorporating some regular movement back into the dog's life because mm-hmm. a lot of dogs honestly as they get older they they just won't do much on their own if, if they aren't forced to do it yeah that's true they'd they, rather just lay around They'll just tend to be couch potatoes, and mm-hmm. um, but you know if, if if they suspect the dog's really having that kind of issue, there's you know you can do some nice things at home with like warm compresses, um, you know, short of taking the dog in and having it checked at the vet or at the groomer, you know, warm just warm compresses with um, you know you can add some tinctures of calendula mm-hmm. or even um, <clears throat> red clover is a good one because they. They both help kind of increase the circulation to that area. You make it into a warm compress. And then one thing that seems real simple, but a lot of times it will help dogs early in the early stages of um, just having troubles is just give them uh, sulfur, you know, the remedy sulfur. Just one one time, just a dose of 30C and wait and see how they do over the next few weeks. Nice. And sometimes... Okay. Sometimes that will help quite a bit because it, it can address some of the allergy things and some of the underlying chronic disease issues. Mm-hmm. So for for a dog that's new to homeopathy or new to that kind of treatment, that's not a bad way to start. Okay. So then what, a, if, what mm-hmm. about the dog maybe that, you know, um, I know you were mentioning before, if you're having to express them three times and you take them out, but now you're, you're not doing that. So if you have a dog, maybe it's, it's become a little bit more chronic. Um, what would be some things that you found that work well? Um, well, usually we'll, we'll try sending a remedy home with the people and just having them do it like once a month, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we might express the glands and then give a remedy then, and then send the same remedy home. A lot of times we're, we'll use silica, and silica seems to be a good remedy to help prevent trouble once once things are back to normal. Mm-hmm. And just giving it on an interval, you know, whether it's every three or four weeks or less than that, will oftentimes make things better. And we've we've had a lot of dogs that tended to have a lot of trouble, and then they they got to where they just didn't struggle with it anymore after that. I, I haven't removed an anal gland probably in 15 years. I was thinking about that the other day. Oh, wow. I, I know I know. since I started doing homeopathy, I haven't removed anal glands. So, wow. <laughs> it used to be, well, it used to be something I did quite often, but, but I probably was too impatient. And mm-hmm. plus, I didn't know any other way to treat them. Sure. You know? So, I did antibiotic steroids or surgery, and mm-hmm. that was... Yeah, our, your three go-to. <laughs> yeah, that was our toolbox. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. Um, wow. So that's that's encouraging, you know, some, for some of those people that, um, you know, I used to um, have a customer that would come in and she just was so frustrated because 
about once every three to four weeks. I mean, it was like mm-hmm. clockwork. Um, oh, if yeah. she didn't have yeah. them expressed, it was, the dog was miserable. Um, oh, yeah. and we did, we, we went with a kind of a bone broth, um, psyllium husk mixture and, mm-hmm. um, she started doing that faithfully, you know, about that same time. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, she started great. seeing, you know, some improvement. So, mm-hmm. um, but you know, that's some of good. these remedies are certainly, um, such a great, you know, add, uh, to that yeah. puzzle piece. So yeah, what do you do really when, you, when you suspect maybe tumors or, you know, something that's a little bit more serious than, you know, the dog that's just needing those expressed more frequently? Yeah. Well, um, usually we'll, you know, tumors a lot of times are part of the, the, the miasm called psychosis or the psychotic miasm and not, not psychotic like crazy, but S Y C O T I C. Um, and the psychotic miasm just has to do with overgrowth, overgrowth or excess growth. And so tumors all fall into that category. And so we, we think of the remedies that you know, help to treat that kind of um, an issue. And the big ones are, are thuya and silica hmm. and, and sulfur is in there too. But, you know, thuya, thuya and silica are probably two of the biggest ones that we'll, we'll go to mm-hmm. in those situations because they really address that, that underlying uh, chronic problem, you know, sure. which is the psychosis miasm. Mm-hmm. Do you so, find, yeah. do you think, um, have you noticed like whenever it gets to that point, um, is it painful for the, for the dog? It can be. Yeah. Oh. Especially if they get impacted and develop an abscess, that's extremely painful. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these dogs will just about go nuts right before that abscess ruptures. Mm. Um, I used to work in an emergency clinic and people would bring their dogs in that were just running back and forth through the house like something was chasing them mm. and screaming in pain like something was biting them, you know. My goodness. And because that, that rear end was really in pain and they didn't know what to do about it. Mm-hmm. Or they'll sit and just bite and look at it incessantly and mm-hmm. that type of thing. But, yeah, we... Um, we had a case, uh, I just saw the dog this morning, actually, on a follow-up, but a little Scottish Terrier that went to the university because the vets found a, they found an anal tumor, which was kind of, they couldn't tell if it was the anal gland or if it was the the last, the outside of the anus, you know, the terminal part of the anus. Couldn't tell, really, and Purdue couldn't really tell either, and they just said there's a tumor there, mm-hmm. and it's in a bad place, we can't really operate on it, and so... You know, all we can try would be like radiation, chemotherapy, and bad prognosis. You know, and right? All that. And so, so they came. They came in for homeopathy as kind of a last resort, and we just treated the dog with thuya and silica, and within a month she was normal. She wow. be, before she was straining to have a bowel movement, she couldn't really go. Um, you couldn't even really get a finger into her rear end; it was so tight. And wow. part of it was from the gland, but, but thuya and silica were the only remedies we gave. And then after that, the owners just kept her as uh, an older couple and they just decided to give her the thuya and silica every week Oh wow! on their own. Yeah. They lived out of town and I, I lost touch with them. I saw them like a year later on a follow-up. They said, she's doing great. You know, we just give both of those once a week. Wow. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay, well, um, 
they gave them on different days, but mm-hmm. you know they, they had come up with this system that worked well. And yeah, that's we just pretty amazing, that. especially you know yeah. Purdue is stumped. They're trying to figure out what to do, and yeah, here yeah, comes it, was, it was two years two years ago. Yeah, I was I was I mean I was pleasantly surprised. I was glad she responded so well, but I didn't really expect her to yeah. do that well. Um, so that was good, but she came in today because she was having, she had had bad diarrhea about a month ago, but it started right after a grooming visit. I think something happened with the grooming visit that Hmm. maybe stressed her. And so anyway, we, we just were treating her flare up. She was already getting better by the time she got here, but we'll see how she does. Yeah. But it's pretty impressive that the remedies could do that that much for her when mm-hmm. you know she was pretty much given a, a death sentence with that with that tumor sure yeah so and that's the scary thing you know for pet parent yeah. to hear you know especially especially yeah. if you just think oh gosh you know they just seem to be expressed and then all of a sudden yeah. you know oh yeah. there's a tumor um you know it just you feel so helpless and so well um, yeah yeah well, and especially when it comes from the ivory tower, you know, like that, and not from your neighbor. Or, that's right. That's <laughs> you know, right. It's one yeah. thing if somebody says, oh, it might be a tumor, but if that school says it's a tumor, that's then right. it's a little different. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, they were, they were pretty tickled about it. Yeah. yeah. Ha- happy to have her around, at least for this extra bit of time. Sure. Yeah. She She's a feisty little thing. Well, good. That's why she's still going. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you were to, uh, you know, like, for example, diet, you know, we always talk about raw and being best. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one thing, too, that I've read a lot on um, regarding um, to help the anal glands is to incorporate some like raw meaty bones, because that yeah. also helps you oh, know, yeah. push things through. Um, any uh-huh. anything you want to add about that? Um, no, I'm, I'm a huge fan of that and I've just seen it do so much good for so many dogs, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, I think it really is part of a healthy, um, you know, species appropriate diet for these sure. dogs, you know, and it's, I mean, it's, it's great if your dog can do well on a plant-based diet or a vegan diet or something like that, that's fine. But, um, I think dogs are designed to eat you know, eat meaty bones, raw meaty bones. Mm-hmm. And the, the ones who can do it and do do it regularly, I think really have some big health advantages. Right. And I love the, I, I love what you mentioned about the psyllium bone broth, because that's a great combination. And mm-hmm. A lot of people are doing bone broth nowadays, but not a lot of people um, consider doing psyllium, you know. They, yeah. So exactly. Great, and it, it turns into this older dog. really gelatinous, you know, mixture. Yeah. But the oh, dogs yeah. seem to like it because it tastes more like bone broth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they would just lap it up, especially. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a thick gravy almost. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So can it's you really think good. of anything else that maybe we haven't covered that would be good to bring up um, just, you know, for those people that, you know, have um, questions about it, things you've heard? No, the um, – Oh, one remedy I forgot to mention, but um, belladonna can be a real good remedy if if they are in the early stages of like developing an abscess and it's just oh. real tender, mm-hmm. hot, red. You know, all the things you associate with belladonna um, comes on quickly. It's hot. It's red. It's painful. 
Um, usually you can do just a dose of it like every four hours for about three doses. And, and, and that's enough to tell if it's going to help. You don't need to keep doing it for several days. If it, if it hasn't helped after a few doses, then I would probably just switch and give a dose of silica. Sure. And because it, it may help finish the healing of it a little better than mm-hmm. But that, that was, I think that was the only other thing I had on my notes that I was needing to mention. Well, and it sounds like kind of in summary, um, <clears throat> obviously the anal sacs, anal glands, whatever you want to call them, um, they serve a purpose. And I think, you know, when we think about especially more holistic medicine, um, every every body part serves a purpose. And so we have to know that if we do remove them, there's a chance that the toxins that were going to be excreted out of the anal glands are now going to surface somewhere else. Um, mm. So if we can work with, you know, um, trying to come up with a solution to keep them and working more efficiently, um, that's mm-hmm. going to be the best um, approach. Um we also know that scooting is a big sign that, you know, something is, a, you know, a little amiss. Um, and then <clears throat> abscesses, um, those can be extremely painful. Um, and it, you know, may be something that uh, may even require some veterinary care, depending on how bad it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. you were mentioning just, you know, like belladonna might be a really good one to um to give for that um and then Mm -hmm. you know if there's a tumor um you know we talked about um thuya and silica being a a good one for that Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and then just really looking overall you know like you said look at the big picture what is the dog's lifestyle what's the living situation how stressed is it um Mm-hmm. If we had digestive issues, you know, is it holding its poop all day? You know, there's a lot of yeah. stuff that needs to be um, looked at. And especially, too, if this dog is susceptible to allergies, you know, with skin and ear, it it makes yeah. sense they would have anal gland issues um, yeah. because they're all tied yeah. together regarding to- detoxifying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so um, so really, really so, good information. Is there anything else you would add? No, I think I think the big thing, like you just mentioned, is keeping in mind that every, it's all connected, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything's connected. Yeah. And um, the body usually responds as a whole to whatever's happening. And so the anal, the anal gland problem is just tip of the iceberg. So I think... It's good for people to keep that in mind because a lot of times they just get tunnel vision and focus on that. Yes. On that one issue. Even, even vets are guilty of that. Mm -hmm. So. Exactly. And that's where, you know, you have the specialists for this and then one for this and really understanding that the body as a whole is out of balance. And that's, that's where homeopathy can be so great is balancing the organism. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been wonderful and um, just, you know, again, not something that's, you know, great and fun to talk about, but it is, um, it is an issue and a lot of people have well, the issue. So um, it, this it is, is, yeah. Yeah. Super it's, good yeah. information to have, you know, should somebody, you know, run into this. So yeah, yeah. this was great. Well, I hope, yeah. I hope it's helpful. I, I think it is important. Most definitely. Yeah. 
Well, okay. Well, mm-hmm. I appreciate so much you coming on and talking about this, and I will put a link to your um, website if somebody wants to contact you directly. Um, you know, with any more questions about it, if they've gotten a, a dog maybe that's just been diagnosed with some anal gland tumors or something like that, and they want some um, extra advice, I'll make sure that that your okay. website is in the show notes. Well, thanks, Sam. Appreciate that. Yeah, I'd be Absolutely. glad to talk to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. And we will talk again soon. Okay, Tammy. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you love this episode, share it with someone who may also want to help their pet. You can share it now or post it on social media. Tag me in it so that I can reach back out to you. I'm so proud of you for taking steps to help your amazing furry family member. Talk to you soon.